Welcome to Nuria's Mastermind. This podcast is a place where success and fulfillment meets. A space where I invite guests from all walks of life who have succeeded at a high level in a specific area. A space where we will share their champion stories, including the wins and the highs, but also the lows and the challenges, yet how their passion and consistency inspire them to keep pushing forward and creating major breakthroughs in their lives. Also sharing our why, sharing what fulfills us, because what's life about without enjoying the journey? Please subscribe, share, and rate us. My intention for all of our listeners is to be inspired into taking action to live the life that you truly desire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nuria's Mastermind. I am here with an extraordinary guy, um, and I'm excited to present him to you guys. But I want to just start off the podcast episode today by uh, setting the presence of that this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so it's a topic that both Michael and I are very passionate about. And you know, just bringing light to that and, and uh, just wanting to be intentional about anybody who's out there that feels like they're alone or they feel like they're not in a good place, that you're not alone. That's the furthest from the truth. And there are so many resources and people that love you. And um, I think Michael and I are two of those people. And so we're serious when we say like, if you're ever feeling not in a good place and you just need somebody to talk to, uh, the both of us would be extremely open to being a, of help. And I know I just kind of threw Michael into that, but uh, volunteered me. <laughs> I volunteered uh, him. I am definitely there. Yeah. <laughs> but I know his heart, so I know he would be okay with that. Uh, but without further ado, I want to welcome Michael Alyssa to the show. Welcome today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. So, Michael. I met him in a really accidental way. I was out running at Sugar House Park last summer and I ran across this group of people that were working out and you guys were having a blast. You know, there was just loud music, these huge speakers, and I just was so attracted to the energy. I'm like, what is going on down there? <laughs> and so I walked down there and I'm, I'm like, what is this all about? And they're like, oh, it's Core cool Revive. And you know, these people just started this workout and trainings. And at the time I was, I needed, I needed more of that. And so that's how our conversation began. And you kind of shared a little bit of your story of why you chose to step into this space. And um, ever since then, you know, I've, I've come to more of your classes. I should, I should go more. You do, you, you kick my ass anytime that I'm there. They are You're so doing just good, fine you guys. Me. <laughs> but they seriously are so, so good. And, um, but I think what attracted me, the, the most important part of what has always attracted me to you, Michael, and your energy is your big heart. And I can just sense how much you care about others, how you really want to help other people. And, uh, so I'm, I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Perhaps you can share a little bit of your story because it's really incredible. Yeah, I, so I, I love people. And I, I saw this quote once and I was like, oh, that totally applies to me. It says, um, there's no such thing as strangers, only friends who I haven't met yet. And there, there really is something about everyone that I genuinely like. 
So this has been a perfect space for me to be in, to connect with people, to meet a lot of new people. I've loved it for that reason. And I got into this space for the fact that I was going through depression, anxiety. I was I had a great job. I had um, kind of gone through some different uh, jobs and, and worked my way up to being a director at a software company. And I was so unhappy, I was, I was miserable. <clears throat> and I started to do some reflection. Well, let's, let's rewind. Before I, I got to that point where I was doing some self-reflection, I felt so deep, deeply lost or I, like I was drowning almost that there, there mm. didn't seem to be a way out. I didn't, I didn't know what, what was the first step even to, to getting out of this space that I was in. Um, not, not the workspace. I mean, this head, head space that I was in. And um, my first step ended up being cutting out alcohol. I, oh. I, I, I sobered up. I was drinking maybe six nights a week, heavily, and but it was all social, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I was rationalizing, thinking, "Oh, I'm having quote unquote fun with my friends." It's like the questions they ask you: Do you socially drink? And you're like, "Yeah, but it's a daily thing." So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very good at it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I was, I was, I was socially drinking and I, I was doing everything, which now I recognize to be numbing, mm. um, to not face what I was, what, what was causing me pain. And so by cutting out alcohol and then cutting out drug use, which I was also doing to numb at the time and all the other distractions that I had, you know, kind of sought out unknowingly just so that I didn't need to face reality was as I started cutting those out and was looking in the mirror and saw myself I didn't like what I saw and it was so uncomfortable so painful so painful and I felt that urge to seek out temporary quick comfort again alcohol drugs whatever um and luckily I had a, a life coach at the time um who helped me kind of stay away from those things and just sit there in that uncomfortable Mm. feeling looking in the mirror at myself um and work through stuff it was so good for me so working through stuff uh some friends left at the time turned out we were just drinking buddies yeah so that, that was also difficult and for anyone that that uh has a lot of drinking buddies and is is in a similar phase in their life that i was in now you might lose some friends when you make those life changes. However, it's good. It's a good thing. Um, take care of yourself. Uh, that, that was something that I wasn't doing at the time. Wait, where did you, when did you feel you started losing parts of you? Like, cause you were at this point and you're like, whoa, I don't like this man sitting in front of the mirror. But do you, do you have you ever like kind of pinpointed the, this like specific moment where you're like, oh, this is where it started. It's interesting. I think that there was never, I mean, I grew up very religious and in a very religious household and I grew up as a football player. So those are both of my identities that I, that I was tied so closely to after college, I was no longer Mike LaLisa, the football player. And I had distanced myself from, from the religion that I grew up with. And so 
I had this identity crisis. I, I didn't know who I was, I, mm. you know? And so there, there wasn't ever like a losing my identity. I just never had really identified who I was, you know, remove the, the, the clothing, so to speak, of being a football player or your religious ties, like the, those tribes that we, we tend to tie ourselves to. And who are you? I never worked mm. through that. <clears throat> and so when those two things were out of my life, I spiraled and didn't know who I was, had an identity crisis and a faith crisis. Um, and so coming out of this, going fast forwarding after, after college, fast forwarding to that moment when I realized I'm, I'm so deep down. I remember having suicidal thoughts, like this is me, like how? I remember being afraid to, I, like I knew where I keep my, my handgun I was afraid to look in the drawer. Like I, I just didn't even want to open that drawer, even if there was something else I needed to get in there. That and that scared me because, you know, that's something that I had heard about. But how? How? Why am I feeling that? That's so wild to me. Um, so that's when I realized, okay, something's off, and and that was when I started to identify myself mm -hmm. and figure out who I am yeah. and I don't know if you you know power of now Eckhart Tolle has some good stuff about our ego mind versus yeah. you you know you are not actually your mind I, I loved that book that helped me uh with a lot of my self-talk a lot of the voices that that we hear and and yeah. the things that we say to ourselves and realizing I call that, it the I'm chatter gonna, yeah the chatter yeah mm -hmm. quieting the chatter that like if a buddy were to do that to you or talk to you like that, you just either ignore them or- You would never be friends yeah, with yeah, that person. Yeah, tell them to stop that. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. But we think it's coming from ourselves. So we think we have to listen up. I don't know. It, it's interesting. Anyway, so I was going through all of those changes and um, started working out. And that, that was something that I, luckily I had a little foundation in that from growing up in football and I remembered, okay, well, that always kind of made me feel better. So I started taking care of my physical health. I was really unhealthy. Six nights a week of mm. drinking a lot of alcohol. Well, yeah, well, that'll do well, it too, yeah. yeah. yeah that'll get you pretty far <laughs> off track. So, And so, there's one thing to be fit too, and then to be healthy, Yeah. right? And yes. it sounds like you were just like, I'm going to start with maybe both, cutting mm -hmm. down on the alcohol and working out. Did it happen simultaneously or? Well, yeah, so I, I went... I, I, I still have a drink every now and then. Yeah. Well, right now I'm doing the 75 hard yeah, program. Cool. But uh, at that time, I needed to completely reset my habits. Yeah. So I, I went 100, day, 100 days, 110 to be precise, without alcohol. And uh, yeah, I, I realized that, well, here, here's the thing. I was confused. I thought that just getting physically healthy would help make me happy. Mm -hmm. or would or would be the key. And I got very healthy. Turns out having a six pack is not all you need to be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, and, and, and so th this has been like a full learning it. process of, of, you know, what, what is, what is happiness and, mm -hmm. and how, how do we, what, what tools do we use to feel happy in life? And I'm reading this book, Naval Ravikant. Um, I love that you're a reader, by the way. 
Oh, I'm always, you know, well, I, it's funny. <laughs> I'm a reader now, but uh, You've become one. yeah, during the, these years of my life that were just like numbing. No, I never picked up a book mm. yeah, ever. And I, I would do uh, audible every now and then, but yeah, something about reading from a book. I feel like I ingested a lot better. Mm. Um, anyway, so yeah, being fit was, was not the key to happiness. I think it is a piece. Yeah, once I became fit, then I realized, okay, this isn't the end all be all. I still have uh, moments of not feeling peace and um, I still experience anxiety and I still feel down every now and then, which, which is all part of the human experience, but it was less than before. Yeah. And so then I continued my self-discovery, I guess, it, you know, introspection and started looking at mental health. Okay, how can I, and I started reading books like The Power of Now by Eckhart mm. Tolle. And, Eckhart Tolle is a genius master, so definitely recommend his books. Oh yeah, so good. I still haven't read Good Earth. Everyone tells I me to read either. that one. So that's on my uh, list. <laughs> book list, yes. Um, and spiritual health. After mm. leaving my religion, I had totally shut the door on all things spiritual mm -hmm. you know, I, for the fact that I, I was that was such a big part of my world that once I stopped believing in that then I thought that anything in that realm was also just hogwash which now I do mm -hmm. not believe yeah. and and going back to my love for people I it, it's just just for me personally, I know everyone has has different life experiences and, and different beliefs, but just the energy that I and I, I know that word's overused, but just the energy and, and the, the connection that I feel with with other people and, and the people that I love. There has to be something and, and I and I think I hit a point where I would rather believe that there is something and just kind of draw the mm. line and say, you know. Yeah. there's not I don't know and nobody knows anything but for me it feels <laughs> the more you it feels learn better. the more you learn yeah. the more you realize you don't know yeah exactly but it, it feels better to to believe and to hope for for there being a higher power or something else out I feel there. like it's bigger, an emotion it's like an emotion you feel internally of okay this does feel light and true for me and it may not for the person next to you but to me, it's like, that's how you stay true to your true identity mm -hmm. is really listening to that inner self. Cause I feel like that inner self, not the chatter, the real voice is really connected to a higher power. And so that's why meditation, all these things come into play because you can quiet the mind so you can really connect to your higher self. And, um, when you're, when you're able to do that, like, that emotion and that feeling of peace and serenity that you were seeking, that to me is your guidance of, okay, this is true for me. And that's my belief. Yeah. And, and that, so meditation and thinking through those things, that was something that I hadn't been doing either. So part of my, my fitness journey was going on walks and that became my opportunity to kind of meditate. I would just walk around my neighborhood at yeah. night. <clears throat> and let my mind go and something about walking i i didn't have my, my my mind wasn't overthinking it wasn't 
stressing about what I'm going to do mm. in the future and like hitting my goals. And it wasn't stressing about all the mistakes I've made in the past. It was, it was able to, I was able to stay present, which I've also found has helped with my happiness as being present, you know, not, yeah. not stressing about the past or the future too much. So. That is so beautiful. First, first of all, I want to honor you for your vulnerability and sharing something that, you know, just some dark moments there. And, um, but I really want to honor you. And I think it's incredible that you're willing to share that piece of your story. Uh, I know it's not easy sometimes, and especially when your identity, first it was a religious identity, and then it, you're this football player, you know, you probably received all of that significance and perhaps, and I don't know, but perhaps you felt like you had to show up in a certain way and be this certain person. Yeah, yeah. And so for you to break it down and say, these are the struggles and these have been my challenges, as I'm sure many of our listeners can relate to, to some extent, I just think it's very, um, I'm in awe of your willingness to to share the truth. Yeah, Cause that's absolutely. how you actually and, will connect and help people. Right. And I feel that sharing the truth is also a huge part of being happy. Mm. You know, keeping the keep, truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Keeping secrets or, or holding things in or not speaking your truth. What I've found personally has caused me more anxiety and, mm. and more stress and more sadness. So the, the more transparent I have been in life, you know, through, through this journey, I've found just the happier I am. And, wow. and, you know, being real with people, not needing to, I feel like when, when they're, when you're holding something back or, um, aren't being completely transparent, the, there's something in your mind that is just always aware of that and yeah for, for example i used to always when i went through that little 100 day no alcohol phase at the end of that i asked each one of my family members if i could meet with them this is just a fun little story but i asked each one of them if i could meet with them took my sisters to lunch i flew out to michigan where my mom was on vacation and met with her and called my dad, I, I talked to my brothers, I, and I, I had the same conversation with all of them. I told them exactly how I had been living my life in the past couple of years since college, what I had been going through, and told them I loved them, and told mm. them that the reason why I hadn't told them up until now was I was afraid that they would judge me. And that I'm telling them now because I felt distant from them, just in my own head. I felt distant from them thinking this lie that if they knew who I really was, they wouldn't love me anymore. Wow. And that was so liberating to, to have that conversation with all of them. And across, it was unanimous across the board. Yeah, they, they still love you. Yeah. And they were, they were grateful that I told them. It was just this thing I had in my mind. So beautiful. And so that, that was a good lesson for me too, um, that the people who love you will still love you and you know, being real being authentic that does help towards well, happiness and, and everything that you face to become comfortable in your discomfort of the journey 
It's like, once we can sit with our own just heaviness and pain, because that's what I feel most people avoid, right? They're not ready to face the pain. They're not ready to heal. They're not ready to face the trauma, right? Because it's like, I want to avoid it. Yeah. I don't want to go there. But um, it's not for I, the weak. Like, you have to be brave enough to face it. And w- like, when you are sitting there in those moments of, you know, pain and suffering, and you're going through it and actually facing it, what lies on the other side of that is like, indescribable yeah i so i just posted about this on instagram which i should get on twitter but in, instagram has has become my my uh form of expression on social media <laughs> but i i talked about the eye in the sky in college football you know what that is no so the eye in the sky is is the, the cameras that they have set up okay they, they film all of our practices every even our warm-ups and they form they film all of our games and the saying is the eye in the sky doesn't lie and mm. The, the reason I said is because you can think you had a great game, think you have a bad game, but the reality is all on film. So yeah. So you, you might watch film and realize that you didn't do as poorly as you did, or or you did a lot better than, than <laughs> yeah. you know, or or you were not good at all and you thought you had a great game. <clears throat> um, but when we would watch film, you'd sit in a room with all your peers like this one, and they'd put up the game film on the big screen and in slow motion, high definition, watch all of your mistakes and we been errors and fumbles and drop passes and false steps and even low effort plays. Mm. It, you know, if, let's say the ball is on the other side of the field, but you're kind of just like jogging there. Yeah. They'd point you out and you'd, and you'd watch their whole team would see you doing that. <laughs> and we'd usually, we'd usually uh, hurry over you know, the big runs or the big passes or, you know, all the big plays that you had. Mm. Um, but it wasn't to beat yourself up. It wasn't to, to make you just feel shitty. The reason why we did it was to get better. So what, once yeah. it, it was humbling and what, once you got over yourself, then you would look forward to mm. watching this film because ultimately you just wanted to get better. And I realized in, in my life, yeah, it, it was painful and very humbling, but looking in that mirror was so necessary. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I, I would have never been able to to make those changes that were preventing me from being happy. I would have stayed in that dark place and who knows if I'd even still be here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I look back at those college days, same thing. Had I never, let's say I'd shied away from watching film ever, and I would never become a better football player. So same thing in life. Like again, going back to being real, being real with yourself, and also not taking yourself too seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's 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 a it's a it's a it's a dance. But so sad guru. Do you know who he is? He's also another spiritual teacher, like guru for sure. Uh-huh. Um, is he like Buddhist? Uh, I think he's Hindu, perhaps. Okay. And but. He's more just about all, he's from India, I believe, an incredible spiritual teacher. And um, I've heard, I've had the opportunity to to hear him speak twice, but one of his uh, speeches I was able to see, he talks about that. And he, he has this beautiful way of painting it in a very lighthearted way where it makes you laugh Mm -hmm. because he just says that of like, 
all you people take life so seriously. Everything's so serious and I'm so serious. And, and he's like, that's actually your first problem. Yeah. You know, that you make everything. He's like, serious just means you're like dying. Yeah. (laughs) He says it. It's just amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, Put things into perspective. Like we're sitting in this warm room with, I just had a a cup of coffee. I have a water right here. If I'm thirsty, if, if I'm hungry, I know I can get food within two minutes or 30 seconds. I'm sure there's snacks that you have yeah. in that back room. Yeah, I got uh, I you. Mean, yeah, yeah, we, like all of our needs are totally met for survival. I mean, all of, a lot of the problems that we have in life, quote unquote problems, are just situations. And yeah. Just, you know, a lot of them self-created. Yes. I loved that. That was a huge lesson for me with him was just like, don't take life so seriously. Yeah. So I love that you bring that up. I kind of want to come back a little bit, rewind to your transition between you work for a big corporation, a tech company, I think you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and you were already in probably not the best mental health state. And you were very unhappy, perhaps doing some of this specific task or the role. Just, Just take us back through that process of when you decided to come and start your own little world in this big world, which is Core Revive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want me to start at the tech company? Whatever, wherever you want to. Yeah, so it, while I was there, I, I realized that that was not something I was passionate about. That, mm-hmm. that was the beginning. And I think that's good for everyone to, to look at is, you know, this is something I'm, I'm actually passionate about. This, does this make yeah. does it make me happy to wake up and do this yeah. every day and if not then i'll get out of there find something that that does make you happy i went from having an income to zero dollars zero dollars coming in and i remember that week that i quit i had also lost a lot of money in the stock market just because it was during COVID, and i thought that my name was michael stock day trader elisa like i was, I was just like <laughs> I was like, oh, this is easy. And it was like a casino. I was, I was just having fun with it. And then all of a sudden that week I lost a lot of money. And it happened to be the same week that I quit. And I remember that being such a lesson for the fact that I was still, I was so happy. I felt like this huge burden was lifted off of me. I had no income, just lost a lot of money in the stock market, uh, didn't have any anything coming in, but I had my, my project that I was going to work on with Core Revive, the fitness community. But other than that, there was, there was nothing that someone would think like, oh, that's like Michael's doing great, you know, from the outside world. <laughs> but I was, but inside I, yeah. I, I felt so good. Yeah. And so that, that was a big uh, tell for me that I was doing the right thing. And, Absolutely. And doing something that, that, uh, was for myself and getting out of a place that felt draining. So. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to realize when you first maybe had that thought process attached to the emotions of this isn't clicking, this isn't my place to making the decision of actually leaving? Like, what was that timeline? Oh, too long, too long. Yeah. Um, I think when I first started, I, I, knew that this it wasn't my strength and I, I felt like I was just a fish out of water but I'm very competitive and so I, I tried my hardest to like push that competitive side of me and just tap into that 
just to muscle through this. Mm. And that wasn't enough. And I, but I, I stayed in there for two years. Yeah. Muscling through, Miserable. grinding. Yeah. Feeling like I was just not tapped in enough and that I wasn't being competitive enough, competitive enough and that I wasn't uh, wanting it bad enough. And so not only was I doing something that didn't make me happy, I was beating myself up over it. Cause you weren't, yeah. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't succeeding. Yeah. You weren't at the I levels you wanted to be. Yeah. And, and another lesson, the only way to really feel that is to do something you're passionate about. Yeah. Then you'll be obsessive over it and, and you'll show up with a smile. And, yeah. and even when it's a, it's a bad day or, or you wake up and you're just a little under rested and you'll still find a little bit of joy out of that thing because you actually do like it. Yeah. So if I ask you now, so Michael, what's your passion? What would you say? My passion is people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've found that I've, I've been better able to connect with people and to help people when I've taken care of myself first. Mm. And so my, and this is, is something I'm, I'm still learning and working on, but my main priorities are self-care, mm. my physical health, my mental health, my spiritual health. And then from there, I've been able to better help other people and, and have more meaningful connections with them. Yeah. It's like you, uh, you have to put the mask on yourself first before you're able to yeah. help other people. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. that's so important. I'm so glad you bring that up. Most people don't do that. And, um, and then they end up feeling cert- similar ways, you know, and it's like, no, you have to take care of you first. You're the mo- if you're, if you're unhealthy and I talk to my team about this all the time, health is actually the most important thing in life. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you can't be there, if you can't show up, then what do you, everything goes down. Being miserable or, or, or being unhealthy, that's not serving anybody. Right. And so a lot of, a lot of the times we think that we, we need to self-sacrifice to help those around us Mm. where we'll be much better off helping them by taking care of ourselves. Yeah. What a good lesson. So Okay, so you were miserable. You you stayed there too long. And what made you actually like jump on it and and shift? It was just a a feeling I had that it, it was it it was exciting. It was something that I I wanted for some reason. Uh, why was it a gym? Um, that came because my first step towards self-care was, came from physical health. Um, and again, at the time, actually when I, when I started it, I was still under the, the misconception that physical health alone would make a person happy. Yeah. Just, you know, in my very naive mind, obviously we know that that's just that's one piece of it. A, a piece of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and even every every day, like that is the piece that I I knock out no matter what is is something physical, like, you know, whatever ex- type of exercise it is. However, 
yeah, there you definitely need to take care of your mental health and your spiritual health. I think those those three need to go together. Um, and like I said, I know I know plenty of physically fit people who are miserable. Mm -hmm. And that was something I found out. I got physically fit, had the six pack. I was modeling in fitness commercials and I still would have these lulls. It wasn't as frequent. It wasn't as often. And I had more tools available to me to work through my uh, troubled times. By the way, I think it's important to mention that I don't think I had a chemical depression. And I, I recognize that for, for those people who suffer from, you know, uh, uh, chemical imbalance that things may be very different and and that medication is a great thing to to seek out mm. um, but yeah for me it, it wasn't just physical health but that that is when I started core revive and I wanted to share that with everybody I still think it's a great first step and and it has to be the first step is taking care of yourself physically because once you start doing something for yourself investing in yourself I, that definitely helps your mental health yeah. you start to love yourself more. well and, and it makes sense like uh tony robbins talk always talks about the physiology and how that is the way you can change your state within a second and so when you tell me all of these your ideology behind it like to me it just makes sense because of that because i uh, i think Sometimes people are like, oh, Tony Robbins events, you're just jumping up and down, like it's crazy, whatever. Um, but there's like a whole philosophy behind it that for you to be able to change your state, you have to move your body. Mm -hmm. And so I love how you've been talked about the walk of when you go out in nature, connect, and you're out there moving your body, it really does release these endorphins. I mean, it's scientific, scientifically proven, yeah. right? Yeah. And so everything you're saying, like totally makes sense. It just started to make you feel better regardless. And so that physical uh, movement is so important. And so I do feel like it's such a huge key. It can't be by itself, like you said, but it is a big component of that, like feeling happiness and joy and an everyday routine. Absolutely. I, one of my close, well, not a close friend, but I've known him for years. We did some business together four years, three years ago, maybe, I don't know, four years ago. And he told me then that his wife was severely depressed and um, had severe mental illness. And that had sent him down this pathway of working with neuroscientists. And he 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 did tons and tons of research and read every book and and article that you can find on mental health he said that he has not found any medication that creates the same chemicals for people that the human human body does when you exercise in terms of making you feel better yeah yeah so i love that that was your first step to get out of like such a dark place and i do really respect the fact that you were brave enough to face all of those inner just demons demons or, yeah. and, and blocks that yeah. you had and how important that is and how you i just want to really touch on this for a second the fact that you were numbing yourself and you recognized it because i feel like so many people we we tend to do that whether it's numbing yourself through an al alcohol or drugs or numbing food. or yeah. food work. or work, yeah. Yeah. you know, like it's uh, Brene Brown talks about this. She's actually a recovered alcoholic. I don't know if you follow her or have watched any of her stuff, but 
she's this incredible leader and she talks about just that I mean she studies belonging she studies shame and extraordinary but she talks about that process and your everyone has some sort of addiction uh, and it makes sense. People are addicted to their phones. People are addicted to work. I felt oh, that in times. <laughs> that was a huge yeah. part too. Yeah. And, and learning to navigate our phones now. Our, our minds aren't meant to ingest all of the world's problems and everyone's, you know, journals every single day. And yeah. that was a big part too of, of the anxiety and the comparison. Mm. So being more aware of Okay, I'm comparing myself to yeah. other people and that doesn't make me feel We have to remember you know? that everything we post on there is a positive thing. And so everyone else on there is going to be posting the most most of the time. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. You're inundated with the best part of their day. And so you're looking at everyone's best parts of their days or sometimes uh not authentic posts either right. and so you don't know what the truth actually is so i love social media i utilize it you know every day but i also am very aware that that is not my real connectivity to life mm-hmm. right yeah. and so yeah that that's super important but we all tend to default to some sort of addiction um i feel like mine's always been i'm just addicted to work and you know <laughs> and and but when i have had my hard moments in life it's like Okay, I work harder, you know, mm-hmm. because it is a way that I've been like, I'm not dealing with this right now. Um, but I have, I have done a lot of work for my emotional health and my mental health. And I have become very obsessive with protecting my mind and my yeah. mindset yeah. Uh, to where, but it's an everyday practice, right? Absolutely. Every day. Uh, yeah, what and, books and, are you and, reading? And you start to build those habits. I think at, yes. at first it's, it's much harder. And you start to get those habits in place and you can kind of train yourself when you feel something creeping up like this, this, uh, maybe a sad feeling or, or for instance, you see, you feel yourself comparing yourself with somebody else or whatever it is, you, you start to develop these habits to re- react in a more positive way to your triggers. And, and mm. that all just comes from yeah. practice and, and, training yourself to do those things and becoming aware of yourself and when you're numbing you you shut all of the parts of you down yeah when you're not numbing you're like you can actually become aware numbing you're just reacting yeah without even thinking about it yeah and and sometimes i didn't even realize why i was reacting a certain way what was actually making me feel this way i wasn't working through that and kind of pinning down oh why am i why am i why is my ego mind Mm-hmm. telling myself this that's just the ego mind okay yeah. i'm gonna ignore that but before i was listening to it and i'm spiraled down into these yeah. dark abysses yeah that is emo- that is emotional health right there mm-hmm. that you become aware of what's going on internally in your body in your mind and everything and you can recognize okay why is this happening asking yourself questions like recognizing what emotion is this bringing up for me? I'm going to face this emotion, sit in it, sit in mm-hmm. that, in those mm-hmm. moments, even though yeah, they're feel. uncomfortable, yeah. feel it. And I, I believe that the magic in it is like, we're all human beings and we're all going to always have these type of emotions in our life. Instead of avoiding them, let's feel them. And the magic is just not getting stuck in them. Do you think women are 
generally better at feeling than men? No. Interesting. Okay, let's I, talk about this. I believe that all human beings are emotional. I do believe that women are uh, perhaps more emotional. That's just our feminine essence. That's the feminine energy. Um, but I, what I really believe is that historically men have been taught to shut down their emotions. Yes, that that's what I, I mean. I feel like we hear this story that yeah. men are supposed to be tough and not feel yeah and so the first time we get hurt whether it's you get your heart broken or whatever in college i don't know but we 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 start to tell ourselves oh that thing that we were told when i was a kid oh, that's true men should be strong and not feel it's so and bad so we, it's so unhealthy we turn off, yeah, so we turn off our feelings no. and i no. when i first posted about my depression and, and anxiety on social media I had so many men reach out to me and say, mm-hmm. that is exactly what I've been experiencing. Everything you just wow. said, yeah, the, the numbing, the, the anxiety, the, the not knowing how to get out of it. I've been feeling that. I feel like men are, are probably more reluctant. Is that safe to say that in yeah, general, men are, men are more reluctant to talk about it than women are? Absolutely. But it's because it's been, you've been, you have grown up in a system where that has been the belief of, mm-hmm. and it's been something that's been placed upon you since you were a little boy. Yeah. But the yeah. truth is that being a human being, we're all emotional beings. That is the truth. And actually all the ladies who are uh, listening to this, I know you will agree with me. There is nothing, um, there is, we, we never feel less attracted when a man can actually share our real emotion. Well, I think a man is stronger when he is in touch with his feelings. That's exactly how I feel. Like when I'm, you know, when I'm dating, I'm actually currently dating someone really great. Um, And a huge attraction for me has been that we're both emotionally intelligent and he's strong enough to be able to share something. Mm -hmm. And that's actually really attractive to me. Yeah. So, but, but you, we've grown up in this world and the society that is, has taught you that it's wrong. And so I, I, I'm very passionate about this, obviously, but I feel like these are the conversations that needs to be, that need to be taught to children of, no, actually, baby, it's okay that you feel your emotions, please feel them. And actually teaching people how to navigate through those mm-hmm. emotions. Like, it's okay that you feel anger right now. What is anger trying to tell you? Yeah. yeah. Is it to create better boundaries? Okay, so let's create better boundaries and let's move on, right? And isn't that amazing that we're having that conversation, right? Like, what, what we, where we're at today is so much further along than where our parents are at. Yes. Some of the frustrations I had with my, my dad is a great father and, and was growing up. But I, as I got older, I had... I realized like, oh, I was kind of frustrated that uh, he didn't do this or that. And going through all of this, I've become more forgive or understanding. You know, not, not that there's anything to ever forgive, but more understanding that he didn't have these tools. He didn't have these conversations with people. He didn't have podcasts he could listen to and, and seek help with untangling his thoughts. You know, he was, know. It was just a man all alone. I've another th- another reason out. like to be blessed feel blessed yes. that we are able to 
consciously and collectively move into a better space of being able to really share the truth. Yeah, and people right now everyone can talk about it. Yes. Whereas before it was like, oh, you have anxiety. Like, can you imagine saying that on a date? Like, oh yeah, I'm suffering from anxiety. Like, oh, it'd He's be like, like, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to like, date this guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, there's a nut house. Like back when they yes. called it a nut house. Like, I, I agree. Yeah. I was actually. Well, in reality, just we, we that every human being has anxiety. Like that, yeah, that's, that's why the human race has made it so, <laughs> has built buildings and, you know, got out of caves is we didn't feel comfortable. We're like, oh, I got to do something. So yeah. we started domesticating animals and hunting and doing all this stuff. Yeah. So we all have it to some level yes. and it's okay to talk about it. I'm so glad that this day and age, we can talk about it. We can seek out uh, resources for help and, and work through our, our stuff. Yeah and that we have more tools available to us. I 100% agree. There's this great book called It Didn't Start With You. Mm. And um, it's fascinating. It just talks about the different generations and how pain or trauma just continues on down just biologically. It's really fascinating. And here's the deal though, like we now get to destroy that old system and that old cycle. Like we have the opportunity now in our day and age where these conversations are being had, we actually have the opportunity to end a cycle of unhealthy trauma, like that has been passed on generationally so that we can actually disrupt it and like change the future of our children. Yes, I like that. That to me is like real impact Mm -hmm. and how beautiful that is. And I, I know we're running out of time because I feel like I can talk, continue talking to you about this for probably uh, like hours, but I, part two coming, part two for sure. (laughs) But I do want to end on you talking to us a little bit more about core revive and what this whole thing is about. You have such an awesome tribe, you know, like that community is amazing. And when you have those bigger events too, and how everyone gets together, I love it. But tell us a little bit more about your little baby. Yeah, I I want a safe. I wanted a safe place for everybody. I wanted to be the cool kids table. However, everyone is welcome. Everyone's cool. Like I said, there's something about everyone that I really like. Um, creating that culture at, with with that community has been really fun for me, and. I realized that little things help create it. For example, let's say someone is before class is talking about somebody else that wasn't there that day. And it's not the most positive thing. I, that, well, for one, that, that is something that I always, even in my personal life, I always try to mm. limit that as much as possible. So I'll, I'll, try to tactfully navigate those situations to where that doesn't happen. And so that nobody else ever feels unsafe. If they're not there, are they talking about me? You know, I, I never want anything like that. I want everyone to feel welcome included. Um, and included and part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, fitness is a part of it. I value wellness over fitness, mm-hmm. which includes your mental health, your spiritual health, meaningful connections and relationships with people who you care about and who care about you. Um, so 
I've, I've been very thankful personally for a, a, an environment such as working out. And I experienced this growing up for some reason, when you train with someone, you feel closer to them. And at the end, you're both flooded with endorphins and, and you feel a little more vulnerable and you can talk more genuinely. Um, and maybe there's, maybe there's something also that goes along with suffering next to somebody, right? Like mm. getting your ass handed to you in, yeah. <laughs> in a workout next to somebody else. And, and this absolutely <laughs> happens, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and you're both just fighting through this and, yeah. and maybe, maybe that creates trust with that person. I, I don't know, but knowing that that person will, yeah. will fight through in hard times to, to do something. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've heard different. Yeah. I love theories. the metaphor. I think it's awesome. Um, but that has been so fun for me to create. I've love, I love those relationships and those people, you, everyone that I've been able to meet through that has, has absolutely affected my life for the better. I feel happier on some of my sad days or low energy, low frequency days, however you want to call it. When I recognize that I'm feeling a little blue, I really look forward to seeing my people, mm. seeing, seeing my tribe. It's your and, community and, for sure. And, and, and I don't mean that as in mine, it belongs to me, but, but I, I feel a belonging there with them. So that's yeah, it's, it's, it's been it's been a really really fun journey and i'm looking forward to continue to grow it and, i'm excited to see the next and... step for michael um you're so if if someone was interested in checking this out where can they reach reach you or how uh can they sign up for a core revive class absolutely well so first week is free come try it out it's uh I would say pace yourself in those workouts. You can find <laughs> us on www.corerevive.com or on Instagram, core.revive, at core.revive. Awesome. Yeah. So the schedule is all on there. And on the Instagram page, you can see an example of, of what our workouts are like and uh, some of the people that you'll meet there. Yeah. yeah. It, it, everyone I've met has been, uh, yeah, like you, you definitely create that space and everyone I've met has been just like so amazing so kind you do feel like a sense of belonging and so I, I like the tribe that I've, I've created some that. really good friendships from that yeah, from your and place I, and I love that yeah I, I love seeing people who meet at Core Revive or meet doing these workouts hanging out outside yeah. of it yeah. that that is so important to me and oh, that makes me so that. happy you're part of this connection yeah Thank you. I Thanks love it, Michael. Well, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for um, having me. Sharing your story, sharing your thoughts, and what an important conversation to have. Um, do, do you want to share any anything to end our episode today? Any advice or anything that? Yeah, for anyone that is struggling, hang in there. And there are better days ahead. I Again, I was in a point where... I was, like I said, I was afraid to see where my, my gun was. We're, if we're having a, a very frank conversation, I wanted the pain to stop that badly um, and didn't know how to, how to make it stop. And I, I'm, I've read a lot of things on those people who uh, 
suffer from from suicidal thoughts is it's not that they want to die so they just want that pain to stop wow so anyone that is out there that is struggling there is help available it helps to talk about it to open up please do that please don't hold it in um good job for still being here I know that in that state, every day, every day is, is a win. Every day that you you mm-hmm. stay alive it can, can be a win. So and it absolutely is. So keep fighting, seek help, know that you're loved. Again, like Nadia said in the beginning of the episode, feel free to reach out. And yeah. you have two people here you can talk to and there are helplines available and I'm sure you can put those on here as well, provide those. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. And know that life is very much worth living and that there's so much beauty. If we can just get out of funks and deep holes that like that and you start seeing that there's just so much to live for. And I know you've been in those really dark spots, Michael, and like getting to experience the highs of life again like it's so worth it yeah one of my favorite quotes well not favorite but i just read this yesterday stop asking why and start asking or sorry stop asking why and start saying wow oh i love that there are there's so many there's so much to be grateful for so many beautiful things in this life to experience and to see yes so Thanks, everybody. We love you and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Nudia's Mastermind. It's an absolute pleasure of mine to be able to share the space with you. There is something so powerful about brilliant minds coming together to help other people grow and to inspire them to enjoy the zest for life. Please subscribe and also follow me on YouTube and on Instagram. My handle is nudia.p.rivera. Now go and create an amazing life.